0: Hey, welcome to another episode of the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast. This is a multifamily brief episode. And just want to remind you this podcast is brought to you by the Tribe of Titans Multifamily Investing Community. And today's episode comes straight out of that community. I think in the last couple of days, we had some some pretty lively discussions over you know, securities regulations, you know, basically SEC and FINRA. And I'll explain exactly what those mean in a second. But you know, you have to stay compliant to be able to operate in this space. First of all, we're gonna talk about the Securities and Exchange Commission. And then we're gonna talk about FINRA, which is one that's you know is not talked about a whole lot, but it's the Financial Industry Regulation Authority. Basically, when you look at syndication from a regulatory point of view, what are we doing? We are taking an investment. We we are basically taking an LLC. We're splitting it up into different shares and we are selling those shares. Okay, it looks a lot like what, you know, brokers do. You know, stockbrokers, you know, they're they're basically taking shares in a company and they're selling it to other people. Okay, so when we when we do that, we have to make sure that we are compliant with all of the regulations in the financial industry. And what we do to be compliant is we typically find exclusions. All right. So when we talk about 506B and 506C, those are exclusions that we live in. It's basically if we follow these rules under either paragraph 506B or paragraph 506C of Regulation D, then we are allowed to do a syndication without having to register it with the Securities and Exchanges Commission. From the regulatory perspective, we follow those rules so that we don't have to pay a lot of money to register. Now, the penalty for not following the rules, well, let's say you you close on a $10 million property, you raise $3 million in capital, and then there's a whistleblower. You know, somebody complains, hey, I don't think these guys did it right. Basically, what the Security and Exchanges Commission is going to require you to do is return all of your member capital. Okay, You have to basically cash out your investors, give them all of their invested capital back, and get them out of the deal. Now, if you've just Purchased a ten million dollar asset, and you've already deployed their capital. That's not something that's going to be very easy to do. And if it's something that you very, very recently purchased, there are a lot of sunk costs in there. Even if you immediately turn it back on the market, you know you're going to be losing money because you know there's closing costs on the buy side, there's closing costs on the sell side. Um, long story short, you want to stay compliant. Okay, five hundred six B, five hundred six C. All right, what we're going to talk about right now, and this. This was kind of prompted by a couple of emails I've gotten in the last couple of weeks. We're going to talk about brokers and broker-dealer laws. So there's this other agency called FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulation Authority. They are a non-governmental organization that is authorized by Congress to basically set the rules and police the broker-dealers of the world or of the nation, I guess. Basically, they oversee securities brokers and brokerage firms. And the SEC oversees FINRA, okay? So FINRA is is more of a a very focused agency. But we have to look at the broker-dealer laws. And and specifically, I'm talking about raising capital, okay? So what prompted this is I've gotten a couple of emails from syndication groups in the last month, and I'm talking newer syndication groups. We're talking first-time syndication groups, you know, uh, Michael Blunt coaching students or you know, the uh, multifamily mastery coaching students or a couple of, you know, think multifamily reached, somebody from Think Multifamily reached out to me. So a couple of mostly brand new syndicators who've reached out to me and said something to the effect of, we have two weeks to close. We need another million dollars. Can you raise a million dollars for us? Okay. From one perspective, it's like, hey, great, you know, another deal. But at the same time, when we start looking at broker-dealer laws, I think there are a lot of red flags that go up on this opportunity right here because of the broker-dealer law. Let's talk about exactly what a broker is. This is basically from the FenRA website, and I'm paraphrasing. A broker is anyone engaged in affecting business transactions for others. A couple of things that are common to brokers is their compensation is based off the size of the transaction. They handle securities and funds, and they market securities to investors basically if you are raising capital and you're not doing it properly where you're essentially taking money from one party and handing it to another party and you're getting compensated based on the size of the transaction you are basically a broker and if you are not licensed as a broker if you don't have the appropriate FINRA licenses you are going to be non-compliant you're going to be in violation of the broker dealer laws why do this put red flags up well because if they're one two or maybe even three weeks before closing and they want somebody to raise you know one or two million dollars, there's not a lot of time involved to set things up properly to make sure that you are compliant with the laws. Essentially, what we're looking at is we want to make sure that you are not a broker when you're coming into the GP. And to do that, you have to have more than just a capital raising role. You have to have a substantial duties in the company besides just raising capital. If all you're doing is bringing capital in, congratulations, you're a broker. And if you are not licensed as a broker, congratulations, you are now in violation of the broker-dealer law. The problem with bringing in capital raisers at the last minute is there's not a lot of leeway. There's not a lot of stuff left besides the asset management of the property to do. You're already done with the due diligence. You've already completed that aspect, You know the analysis, everything that comes up, lining up the debt, the, the earnest money, the risk capital capital all that stuff's already been done and You're bringing somebody in to bring capital in the 11th hour before you start operating. Yeah, okay, you can make that person part of the asset management team. But if you get called to the carpet, you know, if you're being investigated at this point, a good prosecuting attorney is going to look at that. They're going to look at the timeline and they say, this person came in two weeks before they closed. They brought in some money and now they're part of the asset management team. That doesn't sound right because what legitimate company, what legitimate group is not going to have the asset management filled out and decided upon prior to two weeks before you close. That's going to be a red flag for a lot of people. Basically, how do you get around this? Plan ahead is the answer. If you think you're going to need people to come in to help you raise capital, bring them in early and give them more responsibilities than just raising capital. And that means you have to carve out a little bit more of the GP for them than just the raising capital. Because remember, if the compensation is based on the size of the transaction, their compensation package is completely based on how much money they raise. There's probably some sort of issue there with with the broker-dealer laws. One way to do it is, like I said, you bring them in early. What I've done in the past with people who come in as primarily to raise capital, is you make them put some earnest money in. That is something besides raising capital. You have them put some of the earnest money down. You have them participate in some of that risk capital that goes out. That's one thing. Bringing them in early, have them come out for the physical due diligence. Have them show up, have them walk the property with you. Due diligence is something completely unrelated to raising capital. If you have them participate in the due diligence, there's another part of the puzzle or another part of the the company that they are taking part of its legitimate role. But the idea is the more and more places you can get them involved, the more likely it is that a regulatory agency like FINRA is going to look at your deal and say, yep, they are not just a capital raiser. They have a legitimate role in this company besides bringing capital to the table. Now, you can also involve them in the asset management as well, but the more places where you can involve people and the earlier you bring them in, the better off you're going to be. Now, as far as capital raising, I think maybe a year and a half ago, and you know, it's September 20th, 2022 right now, but a year and a half ago, I think there was more money than deals. You know funding deals was actually fairly easy we had to turn a lot of people away from our deals now in september 20 september 2022 it's a different environment people are a little more reluctant to invest they want to hold on to some of their liquidity because there's this potential downturn or this economic recession coming up raising capital has become a lot more difficult what do you do well you you make sure you spend a lot more time up front on the capital raise, and this is before you get a property under contract. All right, make sure you have investors lined up, you have money lined up, you have the soft commits in place before you get the property under contract. And I've said this before on several different podcast episodes. It's not it, this is not the field of dreams. It's not if you build it, people will come. If you get a good deal, it doesn't necessarily mean the capital is going to be there. You have to have that set up before you get under contract. One of the dangers of waiting too long to set that up is the broker-dealer laws, and the longer it takes you to bring in somebody extra to help with the capital raise, the more likely you are to be in violation of those broker-dealer laws tread with caution and i understand what people are looking at if this is your first deal and you have a 3 million dollar raise and you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars in risk capital on the line i mean you don't want to back out cuz you don't want to lose that risk capital i understand that all right i've been in that position before I've been in the position where you know we were about ready to walk away from a quarter million in risk capital if we didn't raise the money i've been there before i understand the feeling but at the same time you've got to do things properly and that's part of being a good steward of your investors money is to do things properly. And make sure that you are abiding by the broker-dealer laws. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox right now. Basically, try to get your capital taken care of long before the deal. And incidentally, I do have a capital-raising course that that I run three times a year. The next iteration is going to be early 2023. We're about halfway through right now. So if you're interested, reach out to me, brian at streamlinecapitalgroup.com. And let me know you're interested in the next group. As always, the link to the Tribe of Titans is going to be in the show notes. If you want to check that out to see where these discussions happen, check out the Tribe of Titans. It's uh, the Tribe Titans.info for the, the webpage and the actual community is at the of Titans.com. And there is a small subscription fee. It's 40 bucks a month. That's it for today. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Diary of an Apartment Investor podcast by the Tribe of Titans. If you're still listening, you obviously liked it. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already, and then make sure to check out our YouTube channel, which incidentally has a ton of video content that you'll also enjoy and learn from. Now, if you're interested in being on the show, go to our website, diaryofanapartmentinvestor.com and fill out the questionnaire on the website. And for more educational content and for more information about our educational community, check us out at thetribeoftitans.info.